Hey, welcome back to the Backstairs Podcast. Thanks for coming back to check us out. We are, once again, I'm Scott. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And we are the Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. Yes, the Backstairs Podcast. We're talking everything community theater. And today we're going to be talking about becoming. When I talk about becoming, I'm talking about becoming a character. Okay. When you put on a show, you have to become somebody else. And that's one of the big attractions of doing community theater. I I feel that uh, you get to, you know, take off your... John suit hmm. and put on a Dennis Galahad but suit. But I spent a lot of money on my John suit. Well, you know, you can keep that suit. We don't throw out one suit. When we get a new one, we just add it to the repertoire. Gotcha. Right? Okay. I so like the, I feel like there's a Hannibal Lecter joke in there somewhere. <laughs> there could be. There could be, you know. I ate your John suit with a little bit of fava beans. Right. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on. The John suit. <laughs> the John suit. So, yes, we, I mean, Hannibal Lecter was a great character. Okay. Right? Got it. Yeah. That's and good. Anthony Hopkins is not a cannibal. He just played one on a movie. In a movie, yeah. Okay. It's, all, it's all about what you bring to the character, though. I mean. Right. Well, there's a lot to it, and that's what we're talking about today. Cool. And when we talk about becoming a character... I think it's pertinent to talk to the two of you guys because oh boy, we just did a show together not that long ago called Spamalot. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know and you haven't listened to the last couple of episodes, we were in a musical <laughs> called Spamalot. Yeah, it, it was a fun know. show and we talk about it a lot. But again, it's pertinent here. And while I played one character, King Arthur, right. you guys had to play multiple characters. That is true. So what was that like to have to play multiple characters and change it up throughout the show? Yeah, it was it's it's not an easy thing to transition between a well for one myself and then transition into like the first character and then the second character and each character has a different voice and the way I uh, we we were talking a little bit before this and um I had to remind myself how how would Lancelot stand. How would the I played the Lancelot? I played the uh, the French taunter, and I played uh, Tim, the enchanter. And it was I had to remind myself, like, okay, how how does Lancelot stand? You know, he's a he's a very proud man. He's kind of hiding a secret, but he's 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 like he's strong. He's you know, you know. You know, he's he's he's, he's toit like a toy guy. Toy. <laughs> exactly. And then like the, the French taunting was like he he was more smug and more like, you know, I don't care about you. So Loose like, like a lion. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You you're nailing it. Thanks. Really. Um so like during rehearsals or like the first couple of shows, you'll see me like adjust my stance. Like I would be like, you know, standing kind of like how I would stand, and then I'm like, oh wait, no, Lancelot would stand like this, you know, or because you, you, then you would see me like kind of like adjust myself mid scene where I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to be more proud at this moment, or you know, I need to remind myself that I don't like talking to these people. It, it, so, so, so for me, long story short, I had to remind myself of my character and like 
just like, you know, I needed to, I needed to be in, in the moment. That's, that's, you had to give maximum effort if we, yeah, you know, look back on some previous right. episodes. Right. John, how about you? You played multiple characters. You, you know, you played in the mud. You, uh, did. You, yep. you liked, you liked the bush. I did. So. Yeah. I mean, tell me. Oh, I will say, uh, with Aaron and I, the biggest thing about our characters was fighting over the clothes hangers backstage. Mm. Because he was that Mike? Is that my clothes hanger? I don't know. Your name's not on it. I, I was very concerned because there was only so many clothes hangers and there was a lot of costumes back there. So and that was that was probably right the most ne- effort I've ever put into being a character. No. It was it was right next to the back stairs. I will say, yeah, being the right. different characters, especially with Spamalot, I mean, you watch the movie, so it's hard not to base those characters on what the movie is. I mean, right. Spamalot's based on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I grew up on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So for me, like, it was hard to, and I did my best to separate, even when, like, the Knight of Knee, like, there's a certain voice, but I tried to make it You're my right. own as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but the... Talking about being a character, obviously we talked about the role of Aldafo, you know, in um, Drew's chaperone. And I don't I haven't told a lot of people this, but Aldafo in the show is played by Roman Bartelli in the show. Right. And Aldafo is meant to be this Lothario. I mean, he's meant to be this, you know, uh, failing womanizer, you know, and uh, <laughs> and he's played by an actor, a professional actor who is a notorious drunk and I mean, off the wall, any given day, he could be a different, like, so I was John Potter playing Roman Bartelli playing Aldafo. So like a, a Russian nesting doll. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. And well, uh, so that was quite like, not only did I become the character, but I was character playing another character. Right. And that's different than playing two different characters. Oh, I would think you're playing a character becoming another character the whole time That's i was a slobbery my- drunk who was pretending to be a <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lothario a lothario so right. and, and but you were you were pretending to be a slobbery drunk oh yes who was pretending to be a lothario yeah you nailed it by the way it <laughs> you you nailed that drunk that is actor. that is john's right yeah, John nailed the drunk actor part. <laughs> no, that that is one of Well, they John's... told me after that show that the Grange was dry. So, oh. so he was only acting. <laughs> only. There was no actual <laughs> alcohol in the Grange. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> but that is definitely one of John's defining characters, sure. which I think leads us into uh, introducing our, our guests for this episode. Aaron... Who do we have with us? Oh man, we have the the talented, the 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 beautiful. He's talented though. He's he's really good looking. Okay, super uh, talented. Does he have any other attributes? Uh, well, he's really talented. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> he's very talented. Does he sing? Oh man, can he sing? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a question? Oh. <laughs> You can but sing, you can dance. He he can do all these things. He can sing, dance. He can play a character like it's is, going out is of he style. A father and a and a lover. Man, he's 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 so many things. I'm giving you. Come on, I'm pitching you. 
Patient. Do you want me to just repeat what are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, just introduce. Yeah, it, who is he? It, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's Dan. Dan who? Dan Rennie, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Who? It's Dan Rennie. Hello. One hello, of the greatest characters. Oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, a bit of rain. I don't know. The fake applause was way better. <laughs> Daniel Rennie, welcome to the Backstairs Podcast. Thank you, Scott. It's so happy to have you. Good to be here. When we were talking about doing this show, I knew you were one of the first people we wanted to have oh. because you, uh, uh, you're you amazing on that stage hmm. and you can become so many different characters with, with the voices, with uh, your acting skill. It's just, uh, it's amazing. And, and uh, I couldn't wait to have you here because you know i i love you to death anyway so oh, i love you too i know it yeah um but let's get started and let's talk about your history what what got you into community theater to begin with oh gosh uh well towards the end of my high school career i um uh, i got into theater heavily um just as a means of survival and uh self-actualization <laughs> nice <laughs> and uh uh, found my people there and uh, found people who full of compassion and empathy. And they were, uh, they were encouraging of me to uh, really broaden my expectations of what I was capable of and what I could do. Nice. And um, so I, I took that with me and uh, went in the other direction and just lived. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I moved to Maine, um, I found uh, Oxford Hills Music and Performing Arts. I found uh, the the uh, dramatic theatrical teacher at the Poland Regional High School, who also mm. runs a uh, or was running a community theater program in conjunction with her uh, larger productions. Who who was that? I was DRC Robinson. Interesting. Um, I, I've sort of lost touch with DRC, so yeah. I'm not sure if she's still uh, running her theater program, sort of open to other community members to come in and work with uh, the high school students and uh, just adding that community piece, you know, much like the Oxford Hills Broadway community musical does. Right. You know, it's not just uh, the high school students, but it's really community at large. Yeah. Um, I did Arsenic and, and Old Lace with them. Um, I was Dr. Einstein. I love that show. Yeah. Isn't it great? Johnny, Johnny. To this day, I'm close to <laughs> to the actor. His name's Eli Whitaker, and he played uh, Big Jonathan. Uh, what's the name there? Jonathan. Uh, la, 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 la. Not oh, important. Yeah. But uh, we just had a ball with each other. Yeah. I'll make you beautiful, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> an interesting piece with that character. I, I, we decided to make John, uh, Dr. Einstein also a kleptomaniac, so it became a bit of a challenge. <laughs> So once I hit the stage with my medical bag and like, Johnny, this place is perfect for us um, to fill my medical bag with as many tchotchkes and knickknacks that were out on the stage for these for these two little old ladies who were secretly euthanizing uh, these poor old men in their basement. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Was that, that so was that your first show here in Maine or? Uh, I think it was my second. I think the first show that I did here um I think Sally Jones pulled me in to do uh Man of La Mancha. She needed a she needed a um like an Inquisition guard mm -hmm. in the conquistador helmet and everything. I was promised full armor. I think I got a 
plastic chest plate. I said, oh, I'll wear this nice helmet. This is fun. Um, and then after that uh, was um, Glass Menagerie. Um, nice. And that was a, a different sort of character completely. I was the, the gentleman caller who, uh, you know, who breaks the female lead. Do you remember the, the name of the, the female lead for the Glass Menagerie? A very fragile uh, young woman. And he kind of swoops in and, and uh, you know, leaves her high and dry. And oh, so a Lothario? Uh, so maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, there's there's a theme there. There's always a Lothario in mm. those shows like that. Mm. I don't think I've seen that one. It's it's excellent. Who wrote that again? Tennessee. Yes, Tennessee, Tennessee Williams. Williams. Oh yeah, classic. Love to do some more Tennessee Williams. Sure, absolutely. Stella. Great. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you you came to Maine. Uh, where'd you come from? Where where'd you where'd you grow up? At? Oh gosh, uh, I I grew up on Long Island in New York. Um, I lived in Boston for a few years. Uh, met the mother of my daughter there in Boston. We moved to Michigan briefly. Uh, came screaming back to the East Coast again. Lived in a Long Island again for a little while, and then settled in Maine. I've been here almost almost twenty years. Wow. Mm. And yet I am still a Flatlander. You are still a Flatlander. That's sorry. Okay. That's sorry right. to tell you. But, you know, you're, a, be you're a beautiful Flatlander. It's so silly. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Main Mainers are pretty stubborn on the whole, like, oh, you're not from around here, yeah. are you? <laughs> no. No. You've only you, been here 20 years. You talk kind of funny. funny. <laughs> hey, you from away, ain't you? <laughs> you do talk kind of Look funny. you up and down. <laughs> but That's all right. Exactly. And Listen, that, do you have a blue tarp on your garage? <laughs> No, I don't own a garage. Well, then you can't be a main. Right? I can't be a main. <laughs> Sorry. It's impossible. Told you. It's impossible. Told you. So uh, talking kind of funny, you kind of do that and you have to take that into your different characters. I know. You it's know, helpful I've, to do that. Yeah. It's certainly helpful so. to do that. And, but how do you do that? I struggle with that. With the voices. With the voices. Yeah. Not with the voices in my head, but when I get them out. You know, I judge you're a bit more level than I am. I'm a bit, you know, it came from a, it was a survival tactic, the different voices oh. and the, that's what it was for me anyway. Right. And it got, you know, some positive attention, but it was more so like I did it for me. Um, and I, I grew up watching the Jim Carrey movies. I mean, talk about somebody who fully embodies character. Right. Yeah. You know, Jim Carrey was just, uh, you know, the man with the rubber face and, and uh, just made me so happy. Right. Um, and I respected that and appreciated that. So how, how many shows do you think you've been in now here up here in the Oxford Hills area? Um, probably at least 10, yeah. maybe, maybe more. Can you give me some of the highlights? What, what are some of the big shows that? Well, uh, I met my, my wife doing Little Shop of Horrors. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, I was uh, Dr. Oren Scrivillo. And that was, a, that was a character. <laughs> and that was a big character. Yes, absolutely. It was a big character. Um, Which you nailed. Thank you. Oh, man, I cried. I, He's yes. a psychopath. I mean, it's not a far, it's not a big jump. You know, to be kind of, so, uh, but the great thing about uh, Orrin Scrivillo, generally, for the Broadway productions anyway, the actor that plays Orrin Scrivillo also comes back post being eaten as these three sort of temptation characters that come along um, oh, right. towards the end. Um, three very different characters. 
um, to sort of propel Seymour to fame. Right. Um, and uh, I did not get to play all three, but I did stress to the director. I said, there is no way that you can take away that drag scene from me because one of them is a woman. I said, whatever you, you know, I, I understand that this is a, like, you're going to, you're going to parse out these roles, right? It's the right thing to do for a community show, but for the love of God, do not take that drag scene away from me. And he didn't in, in his, uh, his wisdom, he did not. Um, so that was great. Talk about doing two different kinds of characters in, in one <laughs> right. show. Right. Yeah. Um, I did shave my legs for that role. First time I had ever done that. Wow. And, uh, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Well, I had, I was wearing fishnets. Right. I was, there was no way I was, a, <laughs> see drag has come a long way. Now you have drag queens that wear beards, you know, full ridiculous mustaches. I say, as I twirl my own, um, it's sort of kind of changed, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a woman. I'm not playing a drag queen. I'm right. playing, this is a woman coming in to sort of like seductively offer Seymour this, uh, you know, this chance of a lifetime. So <laughs> yeah, walked in heels. What a chance. <laughs> yeah. That, what, what was that like? What was watching Janelle's in wig? Like? <laughs> Thank you, Janelle, for that, <laughs> for that Auburn wig. And right. my daughter did my, uh, my makeup every night. That's right. <laughs> and uh, you can't, you just don't, you, the memories like that are just priceless. Yeah. So good opportunities well, to. Those are priceless memories to work with your children. But I mean, that's a, different memory than you know most people have with <laughs> working with their children which is my legs for a <laughs> come on sweetie <laughs> but that's great that oh. was awesome that was a that, that was a great character the dentist in little shop uh there must have been some other memorable characters you've done right uh i played horton the elephant horton susical yes. for uh the, uh the oxford hills um community broadway musical um that was one of my favorites very sweet i mean having grown up on on dr seuss um you know the best roles i think really tie into our childhood and uh, our our personal experiences when we're sure. able to draw from that place of uh shared experience or just um more uh, empathy than perhaps some other people may have for uh, for a role um it just it informs your choices. But right. yeah, Horton the Elephant. Pendulous awesome. Pachyderm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. You know, I'm still trying to lead to a different character that yeah, you might I know. have played. And I can't yeah. think of what it might. What was that? Oh, does it include other people in the room? There, there uh, was other people was here it in the, the play room. in which we met it, Mr. Parsons? It, it might be that play in which we met you were in a furry bathrobe, and I was wearing a bale of hay. You were. You were much more. Well, I there was another I gentleman we dressed in ductwork. Various of various <laughs> stages of scratchiness. I remember being Indeed. in awe and thinking, "Oh, that poor man's knees." <laughs> and we were being led by a fabulous woman in red shoes, beautiful glittery shoes. And what was it? A schnauzer. Was it a schnauzer? Uh, it was a smelly dog. It was a Dotson. It was a Dotson. Was a Dotson. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, st I still follow that. So a well-trained Facebook page. We're talking about the Wizard of Oz, are we not? We are talking about the oh. Wizard of Oz. Which we've never talked about on this show before. No, we don't, right? we don't talk about that. We don't talk Man. about that here. We don't talk about <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. So you were the Scarecrow. Oh, I was it, the Scarecrow. It, you were the Scarecrow. Absolutely. You were the Scarecrow. It. 
And I've mentioned before, like, um, you know, when I auditioned for that show, I was auditioning for the lion because I wasn't going to audition for the scarecrow because that, that wouldn't have worked. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. My body didn't work like that, but your body did work like that. The how, operative word being did. It did. Yes. <laughs> how, how was that? That, that was a rough show. I mean, like John was saying, uh, you didn't want to, you know, you worried about the knees there. They, they took a beating. Oh man. I remember checking in on you afterward. And like, I went up and literally, I'm sorry to do this, but tap your knee to make sure there was something there. It's like, (laughs) it was, uh, one of the best roles of my life. You know, again, grew up watching the wizard of Oz and Ray Bolger, just like bouncing off of fence posts and, uh, you know, skipping the skip in the park with, with my family and singing the songs to be able to do that um, was just a huge honor. You know, what a trip and, and, you know, making, finding you and, you know, find the start of that friend, this friendship is just, mm-hmm. Aaron, we yeah, have- you know, I wore knee pads. I had to. Oh um, yeah. Right. Oh, I can't imagine. And uh, the seamstress was a little upset with me because I kept burning through the holes, the burning through the pants with friction burns <laughs> and the little carpet burns. Uh, so that was uh, fun to annoy her a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, we have a clip from Janelle's episode um, where she talked about the the audition night and and how, you know, you guys are all going in, you know, t- testing separately with like yeah. the four. Right. And the feelings of when it was the four of you. You know, like when it finally clicked, yeah. do you have any, do you remember, do you have any memories about that? I recognize that we had, uh, a really great show in that, in, yeah, yeah, in that audition night, you know, waiting for the phone call was just like, what is it going to look like? But knowing that we had the, the foundation for something that was going to be very special and not soon, uh, copied, mm. um, not easily, you know, duplicated. Um, right. Right. We set yeah. the bar pretty high. Yeah. For that show. We did. We did. Janelle kind of talked about how, um, you know, we tried different variations of the, you know, the fab four mm. as, as Andy came to call it. And, um, but she knew when, when the final fab four, when the three of us, and then Chris was there with us, how that felt when us four hit the, hit the stage. Mm-hmm. for that audition night. Do, do you remember anything from that kind of specifically from that evening? No, I don't remember no. that. I, I just was like getting an opportunity to, uh, to be all three characters was fun. And I had an idea that, you know, I was going to be cast as a scarecrow. I was hoping right. anyway. Right. Um, so that I could really give it what I wanted to, um, you know, like, Dick Van Dyke playing the scarecrow oh, yeah. with a little bit of uh, Jim Carrey thrown in <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and a nod to, to Ray. Yeah. And my daughter was in that uh, show as well. And she what? got to play several different characters. She was a, she was a munchkin. She was a citizen of Oz. She was a crow um, sort of heckling her father, which is oh, great. Right. right. Was that the first show you guys were able to do together? I think that it was. She didn't do Seussical. She did do Sukasol. Yeah, so you're right. So Sukasol. Su- 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 
Susical was the first. Susical. Susical was the first. The first show. Yes. Yes. In which she played lots of, you know, there were lots of okay. characters yeah. for that too that she was. Yeah. yeah, we did. We did uh, Susical. We did The Wizard of Oz. And then we did Into the Woods after that. And All she right. was Little Red. And I was the wolf. Oh, right. As right. well as the prince. <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Which is just weird. It's just, that, I mean, that, that's, that's weird. Strange. It was weird. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to go into like the whole Hello, yeah, right. Red Riding Hood yeah. and the, like, it, you know, it's a French naughty folktale. Right. And casting the father as, as the wolf. <laughs> It's a little sadistic. It was honestly. a little weird. Yes. We don't have to yes. get into that. Yes. But, but that's, that's um, the Andy episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Exactly. That's the Andy episode. <laughs> Producer, write that down. <laughs> um, but being able to share the stage or be in a show with your child, that must be something pretty special. I'm hoping we get to do it again. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm probably not going to get to do one with my child, but. I think uh, oh, soon know. that I'm, I'll probably do one with my grandchild. Mm-hmm. I've mm. had my grandchild up on the on the stage there at Opa, and I produced the show, but I wasn't in the show with her. But mm-hmm. I look forward to that, and I know that'll be something pretty special. So I can imagine that doing it with your daughter was was um, pretty awesome. It's funny when they're better than you, and they and they uh, kind of rein you in, like. <laughs> You dropped that whole scene. Where's he's going? <laughs> you cut off like three people's entrances and somebody's entire lines. Way That's to great. go, dad. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, honey. Thank you. Kids have a way of keeping us in line, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. certainly do. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> so moving on from Oz, uh, we did go into the woods and then we went into the water and you get to play Sebastian. One of my favorite characters that you've wow. done. It was it was a pretty awesome character. That was uh that was a pretty great show too. That was. I've played a lot of characters. Sebastian. Yes. So, you know, my whole my whole issue with with playing Sebastian at first was do you do the accent as a white man? Mm. Do you, you know, Sebastian is known for this sort of heavy Jamaican sounding accent. Right. So do you do you imitate the patois and uh, just kind of I don't know I wasn't sure I wasn't sure about it um, but I found on YouTube there was a video called my my Jama- my white Jamaican father um, about this uh, Irish immigrant to Jamaica and he absolutely spoke with the the patois you know it was just like. Huh. He sounded just like, you know, he could be like Bob Marley or something like that, you know, <laughs> Jar Rastafari, we're living ever. And so I'm like, okay, this feels like permission. So my version was uh, kind of a bastardized. There was, I think sometimes I slipped into a bit of a like Irish brogue uh, <laughs> when trying to like make it sound, you know, I think there was a little bit of like, I have some friends uh, from Ghana, and I think it was like kind of channeling them talking to me that kind of came out in it too. It was, okay. It was, uh, yeah, it was a mutt. It was a mutt. <laughs> but the energy was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Wasn't it, King Triton? That was another fun show to do with yeah. you, as they always are. Children. And, uh, yes, we have a great time on that stage, uh, wherever that stage may be. Um, but I, you know, I just appreciate those voices because 
uh, I can't, I can't do that. Mm. I, I, you know, I can a little, you know, I got a little bit of a English accent there with, with Arthur, but I don't know. I, I, I it seems to come out of you so easily mm. and, and, um, me not so much. And I, and I didn't go those through those things in childhood that I needed somebody else's voice. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, maybe. But it makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of like the childhood, like, I don't, I don't know if you ever did this, but I, um, I saw an old, um, interview with Jim Carrey mm. and he, he would say that he would stare at himself in the mirror and like contort his face to make himself laugh and like do these voices. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw that when I was really young and I was like, I, I do that. You know, like mm -hmm. I would, I would, after getting out of the shower, I would just, be, I would just like look at myself <clears> in the mirror and just like do like the, the craziest faces. And then I'd be like, Hey mom, check this out. And she's like, what have you been doing? <laughs> you know, like coming out just wearing a towel and I'm like wearing, it's like doing this weird face. And she's like, what the heck of a child. You are an odd child. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing it though. Yeah. Do you ever record yourself when you were young? Make little shows? Yeah. Or, you know, skits that you would like, if somebody would walk in and see you doing it, you'd be like horribly embarrassed. <laughs> like, get out. <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> a, a little bit. I, yeah. uh, when I was young, I, I uh, had a yard sale. I picked up an old like VHS recorder uh. and me and my friends are like, all right, we're going to make an action movie mm -hmm. and I'm going to play this silly guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like, you know, it was just like, it always was like, ended up like with a weird, like funny ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very yeah. good. Very good. Aaron, you know, that, that, that's a great story. Appreciate that. It are you, that story is that <laughs> one. It, it, it was one. No, that's not sarcasm. <laughs> it seemed like, thanks, Aaron. Anyways, Dan. <laughs> this is Dan's episode, Aaron. Come on. Did you ever do anything like that? Well, I used to make cassette tapes. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I would put, you know, masking tape or, or scotch tape over mm -hmm. the, the little tab there so that you could record over whatever it was. Right. And uh, I would make little shows or reenactments or just you know some banter right yeah i did that a few times like i had a friend who's like i need a, i need a mixtape I'm, I'm traveling and so i was like i'm gonna record my favorite songs and in between i'm gonna play the the dj and like introduce uh, each song uh, uh, <laughs> was, what a great gift it was, it was it was a lot of fun it's good i don't know about you but i mean i grew up snl and stuff like that i mean sketch stuff was huge mm. Anything that you were ever, I mean, does that have any type of influence on? It was censored in my house. Grew up in a very religious household. Okay. So, you know, books, TV, movies, there was something to be said on the topic of all of them and, and judgment to be passed, whether this was worthy and upbuilding for one's soul or something to get you, uh, you know. One way ticket to hell. One way ticket to hell. <laughs> You know, something, something horrible would happen sure. to you. You know, when I got opportunities to see some of that stuff, it was special. I did grow up on Monty Python, Holy Grail. That mm -hmm. was because of my sister. Um, and they would have viewing parties of that. And, and the few that I got to be a part of were just like well-meaning uh, younger adults that seemed to like me laughing with me was just, you know, what I needed. 
what I needed. So that, that kind of, I, I, uh, filed that away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're back to the Backstairs podcast with our special episode starring Daniel Rennie. A goodly day. And we're talking about a lot of his character work and he's played a lot of great characters. Um, but he's, uh, well, no but about it. He's playing another character now in Oompa, Oxford Hills Music and Performing Arts Association's latest offering Circle Mirror Transformation. Mm. So, Dan, what can you tell us about Circle Mirror Transformation? I guess give us a rundown of what the show's about um, and, and your part to start. So the show is about uh, four individuals taking a, a adult creative drama class from uh, the instructor, uh, Marty Freiberg. Marty Freiberg? Marty Frisberg. Marty Frisberg. Freiberg. Not Marty. Mar- it's not Marty Feldman. Anyways. No, it's not Marty Feldman. Good old Marty. <laughs> I love Marty. Yeah, Wolf. <laughs> uh, uh, so four individuals taking a class from from uh, from someone at, at a community center, and uh, these individuals come from a couple of different walks of life. Uh, one of them is a uh, young woman who is a high school student. She's about seventeen. We've got another. A young woman in her 20s who is uh, an actual actress from New York City who has relocated to Vermont, which is where this play takes place. And there is a uh, recent divorcee slash uh, fine carpenter who is trying something different with his life. And uh, there is myself, James. I am the husband of the person teaching the class. So there is that, you know, piece of, you know, he's a, he's helping out his wife. Probably they needed someone, one, one extra person to make the class actually happen. Mm. And, um, probably Marty asked him to, and he said, yes. Gotcha. He also has a, uh, daughter, um, older child. James himself is, uh, all the places that he's in his sixties. Um, so he's over 40 at least. So he's got a daughter, that is uh, in her 20s and their relationship is at a point during the show where they're really struggling. Um, They're actually not communicating um, at that point. Hmm. Interesting. So would you say this is a drama or dramedy? Dramedy? Uh, This is a, this is probably unlike any other show that you will have seen. Um, It is uh, the playwright did a really good job of uh, writing this in a way that um, probably mimics the way that we communicate, uh, complete with very pregnant pauses. There are a lot of pauses and Mm. silences in this show um, that are Mm. at times hilarious because of the reactions that we're getting or giving in those instances, or they are just excruciating. Um, Like, wow, this is really uncomfortable and painful um but i feel something Mm. right so uh there are a lot of very very funny moments in this show and there are there are a a few very uncomfortable heartbreaking instances in the show so it sounds like there's something for everyone in this show yes i think everybody will come away with it 
having some emotions <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and either yeah. like, like I identify with that character or I can identify with the parent of that character mm. um, or I know what it feels like to put myself out there and feel like I failed or, you know, that was the funniest show I've ever seen or I know what I know what shame feels like and to witness someone else portraying or embodying shame is a powerful thing. Right. Wow. It sounds like a great night of entertainment. It is. You know, it's only an hour and a half um, and there is no intermission. Wow. So this is just nonstop uh, until you leave. (laughs) And and the show starts, when is it? Uh, June 16th through the 26th. So it will be that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday as a matinee. And then the following week of the 26th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with a Sunday matinee. Eight performances. And the director, awesome. director is Lori. The director Ramaki. is very fine, Lori Ramaki. Tell tell us about Lori. So Lori and I have been in a couple of shows together. Uh, we were in a back in two thousand eight or nine, maybe it was ten. Uh, we were in a show called Bus Stop together. Uh, I was uh, I played this um, English professor on the lamb on the run and uh, snowed in. Uh, in this bus stop with the uh, with a very lovely young waitress, Lori Ramaki, who he falls in love with and um, has a bit of a nervous breakdown towards the end of the show. Like he's realizing that he's uh, got some very deep seated issues and uh, we sort of send him on his way from there. <laughs> Great name of entertainment. <laughs> again, again, again. show where my knees kind of took a hit. Yeah. There was some... Uh, some drunken falling off stools. There was a bit of like trying to give the soliloquy of Romeo and then just like falling down blackout drunk in a stupor. That was interesting to, uh, to do. I think I made a lot of people nervous in that show. Yeah. So that's where Lori and I met (laughs) playing opposite each other. And then just uh, a a couple of years ago, we did the show paper maker together Um, And I played a fellow named Ernie who was building an ark in his yard during the uh, paper mill strike of what was that? 86 or something like that. Um, And she was the, uh, the daughter of the mill owner. So, and uh, over the course of an exciting evening, she and her dad wind up in our living room uh, while the bricks come flying in from the street. Wow. On the strikers. So, Yeah, yes, that's another great show. That was that was a fantastic show. Yes, it I did, was. I did the the lights and the sound for that show, and I think I watched yeah. that show probably I don't know a dozen times. And by the end, I think I finally like understood the whole show. There's there's just like so many layers and so many nuances to each character and the story where like you you just didn't get it. I I'll, I didn't get it the the first time around. Or the the six the but by the end it's just like you're just like oh my gosh this character and this character is just so it was so deep and it was a uh, it was written by a uh, New England right Monica Wood it was Monica Wood uh, Monica right. Wood came to uh, one of the productions of of Papermaker and that was uh, that was a real honor to have her yeah you know see me portraying somebody that she wrote the role for. Yeah, that must be amazing. And, uh, she said, you know, you're the only 
one out of all the Ernie's that I've seen that actually operated a chop saw on stage. <laughs> um, you know, that's how we basically opened the, the second act. Yeah. Ernie's working on his arc right. in the middle of the night. And so I had a chop saw on stage. I took it through a two by six yeah. and woke everyone up, <laughs> including my, my stage wife. I, I think everybody should know that that would not be the first time he's run a chop shop, chop shop, chop shop, chop shop, chop shop, chop shop, chop saw on that stage as Dan not only acts, but he can build. It's my fallback. You know, if they don't cast me for, you know, my fantastic acting skills, they'll want me to build their set. Yeah. So, you know, for somebody to say, ah, we'll pass is, you know, unforgivable. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I am full of forgiveness and compassion and empathy. I, as I, I know for a fact you I are because I know you've worked myself. on sets that you have been turned down for a part in that show, and but you still right. helped to work on I that did set that for. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, noises what, off. Noises off. That's a hell of a set to build. And you ever was, build noises off yeah. set before? The whole that, thing turns around 180. That, that's a whole nother show. I think, I think there's like, what, we six or that. seven doors that actually <laughs> operate on that stage? Many at, doors. At one time? It's, it's, it, yeah. That's a whole episode in itself. Noises off. But yep. yeah, we'll sure talk is. about that. We can again, do that another time. time. <laughs> so you, you did these two shows with Lori. Now, I, I, I believe this is her first directorial. This is her first Next. directorial, uh, you know, effort here in the area but i think that she uh you know she went to school for okay. she was a theater yes. major yeah i know that she's seen a couple of different productions yeah, of it and that. she's seen uh the alien which is also an annie baker play uh um, oh, alien not not the movie alien no no, no this, is play. this is a play oh. uh, yeah it was cool that laurie's finally able to bring her vision to the stage after trying to do it oh, for and she has like a very three years very now. clear vision um you know, yeah. like I was saying yeah. before, yeah, yeah. Speak a so Lori has a, absolutely knows what she wants from each person. Um, but she, we, the process through which we went through to, uh, to read through and begin to do the blocking and the character development, we spent a lot of time just doing a deep read through of this play and really dissecting like, why, why would they say something like that? What is the, it's a weird thing. You know, to say, why, why say that? Why do that? Why do they do that? We, we spent an entire evening doing that. And that was extremely helpful because it brought a lot of things to the surface that uh, I was able to then file away and say, oh boy, okay. So there's some connections here that make me uncomfortable. However, um, I think it will be useful to keep this sort of forward in my mind and bring it into the character because I think it will inform the performance. But Lori has a very definite vision of what she wants, and she's willing to have us, you know, run a kissing scene like 20 times in a row until she gets what she wants. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I've, I haven't worked what? personally with a director that has gone that deep into anything yeah, yet. You and appreciate I, it, right? And it makes sure. me as an actor feel better when I know that the director has a vision in mind that they that they are not just I trust you I trust your your ability to make a choice and I'm willing to go along with that that's all fine and good but you right. want to be contributing to something that somebody has in mind and when you nail it the both of you are happy you're proud that you've you know embodied this idea that they have and they're just so happy to see it 
brought to fruition. So right. I think mm. that's something going forward that I am going to be looking for in other directors. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. You, yeah. You don't see that a lot where a director like knows the character inside and out, or at least I, I haven't, um, I haven't seen a lot where, you know, the, the very, like the intricate you know, details of, yeah. a, of a character, which would help, you know, anybody trying to portray a character where, you know, you know, what they had for breakfast type of thing, you know, where, right. Right. Where it's like you, you can tap into so much more of this character just because there's, there's stuff to tap into. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, that, 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 that gets me stoked to hear that she's, she's doing that. Well, just to piggyback on that, I'm as being a character, myself a character guy myself and like the idea of somebody else giving you just a time. I mean, it, it is, it's quite, it's a refreshing feeling. To have someone put a little bit of input into, you know, what you put a lot of effort. I mean, I, I feel like I put a lot of effort into characters and man, it is a refreshing feeling to have someone else's input. It stretches yeah. you as a performer. You know, we can very easily get into these ruts where we know what kind of works, what's worked for us in the past. Like it's laughs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. But to, to, to have somebody and it can be off putting at first, like, are you going to tell me what to do? Huh? Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like step into that. And then as a, as a person, as a performer, you will grow. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Any kind of constructive criticism yeah. can always be tough to take at first. Oh, what's he talking about? Yeah. And then you, yeah. and then you stop and ego. think about it for a minute. <laughs> right. Yeah. right yeah. Yeah. Once oh, you get past that ego though, it's like, oh, okay. Oh yeah. This is, this will work great. Yeah. It's so funny. Ego is such a, a huge thing. Like just like creatives in general where you got to check that out the door. Like, it, but it's such a part of our lives where you're like, I need to put my pride aside. I need to be able to hear what's the director or, or, or like if you're like co-writing songs or if you're co-writing anything, you, you got to be able to like set your, your, your pride aside and say, what is, what is best for the show? What is mm. best for this song? What is best for uh, a podcast? You know, you, we got we got to we got to check our our pride at the door and just be like, we need to do what's best. But I think you got to have that ego to shine on that stage too. When you when you find that character that you you know you can do, and you put that ego forward in the performance, yeah. It's, you know, it, it can be huge. Well, to so go back to the maximum balance. effort, right? Yeah. We talked about maximum effort in an episode before this. And and I feel that, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you bring a lot to any character or any situation on stage that you're working in. And what you and what you bring and the effort you bring can have a drastic effect on the people around you. Mm-hmm. And it can have a reverse effect, too, of like, if they're not quite at the level that you are, I mean, like. It can have an effect either way. Yeah. So yeah, we talked talked a lot about the effort that you bring into it. Right. I would have to say, Daniel meets that. Daniel always meets that maximum effort factor for other people if they're feeling apprehensive or not exactly confident to see that and then be asked to kind of you've got to bring your energy up to where they are at. Otherwise, you just get lost. And I think that piggybacking on both. Scott and, and Aaron, I think that, it, you know, in the rehearsal and the blocking process, it's good to have that confidence. It's good to have your ears open 
and be listening for that input um, as it comes in. And the the ego will take care of itself. I mean, the ego will get mm. fed. Yeah, it will. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is the, like, <laughs> let's not be naive. We, we do this because we get a hit off of it. And, you know, it, it, yes, it's about the community building too. And it's about like showcasing your, your, you know, charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. But, you know, it, it's also about taking care of your, of your, uh, your cooperatives, you know, your, your, yeah, right? I, I, the community, right? Yeah. No, I think the co-conspirators, the, <laughs> the, uh, it, there's a lot to gain. Like the, mm. the community theater, if we do a good show. The community theater, you know, gets the reputation of like, oh, we put on good shows. Quality work. But at the same time, you know, the actor gets gets known. Does gets, those, gets, and gets accolades. Yes. The, yeah. Aaron, does the ego get boosted at all? I from from a great performance. I keep Did, mine right in check. I <laughs> I do not give that ego any day, daylight at all. I, mm. I keep that thing tampered down good. <laughs> That's good. Glad it's, to hear. It's funny. On this side of the room, we have years and years and years of potential ego and character development. And we have someone who probably has more ego than all of us with one shoulder. I, if I, if I, if I, I don't know if what I'm they're talking about. Yeah, if I'm betraying that I am very, like, you know, boisterous about my role, I, I'm sorry. I Aaron's ego is quite big from the last show. Quite, he's still uh, riding the train. Quite rightfully so, though, because wow. he he was the MVP. Know. Wait, of the wait show. a minute. I don't think. I think you guys are are skewing your jealousy <laughs> for oh, my that ego. Happens. That happens. It could I, be. Could I, be a little I, jealousy in there. Yeah. I don't because I. Is that another show talking about jealousy within the, uh, the sphere of oh community theater? That would be actually that a, is a whole that, that is a whole another great show. Yeah, if only be. we could have had that fruit platter between our legs like he did. <laughs> we're talking um, about circle mirror transformation. We are talking about circle mirror transformation, and I I got to tell you, you got me excited to see this show, which is once again it starts running on June sixteenth through the twenty sixth, four nights. Third, uh, well. Thursday. Six nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, and then a Sunday matinee, two weeks in a row there between the 16th and the yeah. 26th. Performances yeah. are at the Norway Grange, yeah. which is located on Whitman Street, just off of Main Street. Tickets can be purchased in advance at the, the Tribune. Is it still called the Tribune? The yeah. Tribune bookstore located on Main Street in Norway uh, from the brand new bookstore owner. Uh, stop in and say hello to that fellow. Yes, please. Great. John's going to lead us with a game, Dan. We like to play a little game here with everybody we have on the show. And uh, John's going to lead us in a game starting now. And now. So, Dan, we've talked about impressions, character. Hmm. So I thought it'd be fun to maybe test the waters in our group here a little bit. You know, maybe pull off some impressions. Hmm. Some uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe not good ones, but. So I'm I'm thinking quantity over quality, you know. So maybe we're not all on the same page when it comes to our impressions, or but give it your all. <laughs> so how, how it's going to work is Janelle, our executive producer, has a bowl of random characters, bowl of characters, or some other things. Uh, you'll find out as we go, and she's going to speed round 
Let us know what our card says. You're going to have a very short amount of time to give us your best impression of whatever is on the card. And then the rest of us are going to decide whether that impression merits a point or no point. Point, no point. Got it. And the winner, Aaron, the winner gets their very own impression. So anyway, Mm. which is definitely a coveted Mm. prize. Mm. I guess you better win to find out what it is. I guess so. So without further ado. I do. I think uh, we're starting with John you know, going around the room. Well, yes. we're uh, no, nope, we're starting with John. Where I Dan do. is the newcomer. No, nope, we're starting uh, with John. Aaron's going oh, first. Making up the rules as you go along. We're going counterclockwise. Since Dan's our guest, we're going to start with Aaron. Aaron's going first. Okay, okay fine. I don't know why you pointed at me. I'm not Aaron, but yes, Aaron, are you ready? <laughs> You're drawing. Okay. I got a blank one. So do your best impression of a Furby. I don't even know what. What is a Furby? Let's do it. Maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. What, how, 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 Next. Don't point a point. I don't Dan, want a point. Dan. I don't want a point for that. Dan, Dan's the next one. Dan, I need your best impression of Shrek. Shrek? Well, this is my swamp donkey. Oh, that's good. That's Believe me, good. if it were me, you'd be dead. No, that's pretty good. That's pretty that's good. good. Let me eat your like baby. Scott, I need, I'm an I need your best impression of Aaron Schofield. <laughs> oh, I want to hear this. Well, I mean, I, Lancelot was okay, but but you know, uh, he was he was a pretty big character. I was I was I was quite humble while I played that part. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get a point for that one. All right, John, you why ready? Could, why couldn't I get Aaron Schofield? <laughs> I don't, I don't think you could pull that off. <laughs> I'm not good. I like how you oh didn't my. give him a point for it. Either. I'm not going to. <laughs> John, I need the genie from Aladdin. Oh, I'm going to say a bunch of things, and here we go. And oh, Prince Ali, here he is. Oh, yeah, we have a whole rack of lamb, and we're going to come into the city, and we're going to ride on that carpet. And oh, here I am. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm John Carson. How you doing? No, oh, here's there. There's more. And uh, look at this. Look at the time. Here we go. That Beautiful. was something. Mm. Aaron. Be magical. You get the effort there. The gingerbread man. Bread man. Well, yeah. He knows. Oh, what is it? Uh, do you know? <laughs> well, well, do you know the muffin man? The muffin man? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a point. <laughs> yes, I got one. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Ready, Dan? I am ready. I need you to be a sexy nurse. <laughs> we need to change your dressings. Uh, a bit pussy, I see. Well, <laughs> we'll need to evacuate that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have we gotten any more sponges? <laughs> I need several sponges. <laughs> I was hoping for a sponge bath myself, but, you know. That's for another episode. Puss balls are okay, too. <laughs> I con you. Scott, do your best impression of a brand new lifeguard. All right, here I am. I'm come to save the day. Uh, is, is he drowning? I, I, don't, I don't even know how to swim. <laughs> Ready, John? Right. Tony Montana. Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna come into the city and we're gonna we're gonna treat them like a bunch of cockroaches. Just say hello to my little friend. Beautiful. 
Aaron. It was after that big pile of coke. That he had <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the, I I was picturing pre coke, but not no, 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 no. no. This was coke. this was yeah. All right, that gets a point then. Yep, yep. A late night host. Well, welcome back. Today we're going to be uh, we're going to I am a lousy host, <laughs> late night host, but we're playing the game where you have to do these impressions. You know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Canadian show. <laughs> the Wheel of Impressions. That's the two o'clock show. Dan. Yes. A guy on a bicycle being chased by a dog. Scene. Scene. <laughs> That's not gonna get a point. That was. <laughs> He's a John's a stickler. <laughs> he is. There's a harsh rating system <laughs> in this game. I feel like uh, Scott, do your best, Darth Vader. Ooh. <sighs> and scene. <laughs> no, I am your father. And you got the quote right. Correct, sir. Uh, next for Johnny Bravo. Well, I'm we're going to go down to the five and ten. We're going to get you yourself a malt beverage. Mama, hey, mama. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? You're a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> <He's a monkey. laughs> Aaron, I need you to do your best impression of an ice maker. Oh. oh boy if i could offer you extra points for the sound effects mm. excellent mm. dan if you could do your best impression of a life coach <laughs> mm. so I, i'm really glad that we have this time to talk about which direction your life is going in. Uh, you pay me a lot of money to tell you these things. And uh, I think that you're doing a really fantastic job. But I do recommend you uh, spending a little bit more money on my uh, the package that I've come up with to uh, get you back to uh, where you really should be. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Coach. 1999. <laughs> <laughs> for for 99.95. No, that's our that's my uh that's my used car salesman. We have a few repeats in here apparently. So Wonderful. Scott, if you could do Shrek. Donkey. And scene. Short. Sweet. I love it. John, could you do a impression of a lunch lady, please? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta go get you some sloppy joe out back yeah here's gonna be one scoop of two hey 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 no cutting his line all right here we go all right with the peas oh, no that's cream creamed peas yep all right hey oh yeah what's how much uh, sloppy uh, joe sloppy, yeah, sloppy joe back. beautiful <laughs> thanks <right>. was it though <laughs> it was <laughs> enchanting Charming. Enchanté. Um, oh, we have a good one here. Aaron, 
mm. Schofield, I need you to do your best impression of Aaron Schofield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a really tough one for me. I had to really dig deep for this one. So hold on. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Mm. I feel like uh, this is a, a very interesting conversation that we're having. Why do mm. I feel like Scott gave a better impression of Aaron Schofield? I, 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 I think he's going to work on that. Good. Okay. Take some work. I can't give him a point for that. <laughs> All right, Dan, I need you to do your best goofy impression. <laughs> hey, Mickey. Oh you sure are the one in getting all the spotlight, aren't you? That's pretty good. <laughs> all right, Scott. Donald Dick. <laughs> duck. That's Duck. 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 Uh, a general. Well, generally speaking, uh, when you get my car insurance, You'll uh, have Shaq will come over and, and, tell you, and tell you about the big deal we're going to give you for car insurance. You get $500 off every month, and we will only cover your two front tires. <laughs> oh, my. Perfect. I love it. That was effort, at least. <laughs> Quantity. Uh, John, I need you to do Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I put that card in there for someone else. <laughs> Was it, did you fart as well? <laughs> Conan the bowel movement. <laughs> the bowelbarian. <laughs> the bowelbarian. Oh, <laughs> Aaron, I need you to do an impression of Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. I'm a Barbie girl <laughs> from a Barbie world. Imagination. Redacted. <laughs> Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Ah, 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 ah. All right, Dan. SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah. Oh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> Krabby Patties. Uh, <laughs> hey, starfish guy. <laughs> I've got really tight underpants. I live in a pineapple under the sea. Starfish guy. <laughs> What's his name? Patrick. <laughs> Patrick. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> it's so weird when he does the laugh. He like hits his throat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's another repeat. So, hang on. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it again. Don't do it. Do, can you do your best Shrek? <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm just going to give you a check mark right now. Don't worry about it. It's all right. Oh, Fiona. You make my loins go. Mm. That must be that must be Shrek 4. I don't remember that one. Uh, <laughs> Kermit the Frog. Yum. Yeah, hey Miss, hey Miss Piggy. Um, uh, hey, you want to go down to get the, the the swamp and get a um, get a little hoppy? Yeah. That was that was good. <laughs> <laughs> he gets abducted there at the end. Yeah. Why are so? <laughs> Why do they find it the Rainbow Connection? That's not how it goes. Anyway, Aaron. Someday. An out of breath jogger. <laughs> 
this this is the last three feet have been a, a lot. And scene. <laughs> mm. Uh the sham wow guy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have a household spill you need sopped up? Well, have I got the product for you? Yours <laughs> from twelve easy installments of ninety-seven cents a piece. Wow! That's all true after the big pile of cooking. <laughs> yeah, right. It's four a.m. You got some spells? <laughs> wow, I actually do have some spells. <laughs> I should get this stuff. <laughs> that was my impression of somebody at 4 a.m. Yeah. wanting shim This one bonus points. <laughs> uh, animal from the Muppets. <laughs> That was a bet. All right. All right. That was a bet. Thank you. John, I need you to do the old guy from Up. <laughs> well, uh, um, well, hey there. Hey there, Russell. I'm going to go find my house across the world, and uh, it's going to be great. Oh, no. Look at that And I lost the love of my life. I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm so, 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 so sad. Oh, yeah. Hey. Get rid of my tennis ball. All right, Aaron. Dr. Evil. One million. Oh, no, this is terrible. Don't you? No, I don't want it. I don't want it. Don't give it to me. Don't don't give it to us. Don't give it to us. Do it. On the whole. (laughs) (laughs) Preparation H is a good plan. (laughs) On the whole. (laughs) It's it's on the whole. Preparation H feels good. Good. That's the whole, that's the whole show. <laughs> I should call it. Oh, wow. The Alan Parsons Project. <laughs> that's my cousin. <laughs> All right, Dan. Bullwinkle. Uh, hey, Rocky. Uh, what do you want to do today? Uh, should we, uh, I don't know, do something crazy like, uh, uh, go out and audition for a community theater play? Or, uh, should we... I don't know, Bullwinkle. That seems like a lot. Well, let's put on a pair of shoes and go for a walk. Okay. (laughs) All right. But I can fly. As you were then, (laughs) you silly ass squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Scott. I need your best cowardly lion. Oh, that's so nice. <clears throat> I think she's, she must be like, she must be Corey. Oh, come on, put him up, put him up. I'll put you both in my, both hands, one hand, one hand tied behind my back, both hands tied behind my back. I'll bite you in the butt. This is good. Garfield. John. John. Mondays. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's it? Am I right? <laughs> Aaron, I need your best impersonation of a one-armed drummer. Great. I didn't know if you noticed like the, the hi-hat and then the snare was and then I didn't do them at the same time because you couldn't. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Effort. All right. Uh, Dan, the Grinch. Wow, oh, those miserable Whovillians. <laughs> Singing and having a wonderful time down in their village, and here I am freezing my furry green ass off at the top of this mountain. Here, horrible dog! Beat it! Scram! Oh wait, that's a different green muppet. <laughs> uh, Scott, I need your best impression of Shrek. Oh, wow! <laughs> We're gonna compile this and then send it to whoever is doing Shrek the Musical. <laughs> Oh, donkey. Again? I'm, long, I'm longing for Fiona. <laughs> she gets me right in between my temple. And I don't know why it's in between my temple. I don't know what accent I've got going right now. It's not but it isn't Scottish. I can tell you that. <laughs> Some people only get one shot at something. <laughs> we should have stopped at the last one, donkey. I mean, the last one that I have left is lame, so I feel like we should. What is it? End with that a one. Portrait. <laughs> oh, yes. she kept push, pushing push that to the bottom. I did. I was hoping it would just disappear. Do we want to just you give got, it to John? That one, a portrait. Okay, John. <laughs> I need your impersonation of a portrait. Mm. For, those, for those at home, for those at home, uh, John is uh, smiling, uh, very still. Um, he has—he's uh, showing his teeth. His mouth is open. His eyes are slightly squint. Mm. Uh, his hair is very nice, mm. um, and, it, and it says Olin Mills right next to his shoulder. Mm. Yeah, mm. beautiful. Picturesque, really. Mm. I'm gonna a point for that one, actually. Well, All right, very good. We had a lovely game of impressions. Good game. Good game. And I got the impression that not, of show us, not all of us I don't are. Want don't, don't show people. Janelle. Great impressions. I don't want people to know how judgmental I was about them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if we're going to move on, then we got to wrap things up here with uh, how we end every show and how we end every show is with what we call strike. Yes. Strike is, uh, for those of you that are not in the know, is uh, when a show is over, we perform strike and we clear the stage of that set and uh, we get it ready for the next one. So uh, on our episodes of the Backstairs podcast, we clear a show and get ready for the next with five questions for our guests. And today, Aaron's going to give us those five questions. Yeah, I have five questions. And the first question I would like to hear from you is, what does community mean to you? Uh, so, I mean, I'm a community is uh, first and foremost people. And it's a, 
It's friendships. It's relationships of different kinds. It, uh, it can also, uh, well, it most, it revolves around, um, hmm, good question, Aaron. Sometimes that revolves around a, a, a project or a goal. Hmm. There's usually something that you are striving for. Hmm. And I think collectively, uh, my want would be that that striving would be for positive ends, um, that I come out on the other end of community as being a better person and community member myself. Hmm. What is your favorite character that you've played? Well, boy, there've been, I mean, we, we've gone through a list here. There were some uh, really, really good ones. Um, yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, Almost Maine. We didn't. Yeah. You and I got to do Almost Maine together, Scott. That, well, that, was, yeah. a, that was a fun one. That was, that was a fun one. Yeah. And so some of those characters are some of my favorites. East was a, was a really favorite character of mine. East, he's uh, one of the first um, scenes that you see in, in Almost Maine is this young woman shows up in this guy's yard uh, mm. to view the Aurora Borealis. And right. uh, he doesn't know her from anywhere. And here she is from away. And uh, East was just sort of like, you know, well-meaning uh, young man from Maine. And, uh, you know, that was one of my... That was a great. That was a great show. That was you, yeah. You know, yeah. That was a great scene. Suits. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Such a well. You guys killed it. <laughs> oh, we did. <laughs> that, that was a. We that did. was a fun show. Um, you know, the last. Uh, I sort of always, um, you know, rely on the last character that I played. So, so playing Ernie, in in the Papermaker, um, Julie Middleton directed that another very strong director in our area. I hope to work with her again. Mm. Um, but, but playing Ernie and, uh, trying to, to deal with all of those challenging emotions on stage and identifying with being a parent and being a, a community member and, uh, you know, and something like the strike of 86 and the paper mills, um, and coming out on the other side of that or having a family member, you know, cross the line, cross the picket line. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a beautiful show. It was a very difficult show to do. But uh, yeah, so that was, I mean, as yeah. of right now, that that was my favorite character it was playing Ernie. Yeah. And then when sure. we finish Circle Mirror, it'll probably be James <laughs> or maybe I'll just <laughs> be happy enough to put James down. <laughs> on to the next Nice. Great. Uh, can you tell us about the, uh, a personal fail that happened during a show? So, so a stage fail. Type of yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh gosh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. One that comes to mind was, uh, when was, uh, into the woods <laughs> and it was the, uh, I was playing the wolf to my, my daughter playing little red riding hood. And uh, it was that, you know, that say, hello, little girl. And we sing this song together. And uh, for our production, there was another wolf. And there were three little pigs waiting in the wings. And the second wolf comes out after a certain point. And he's got his own thing where he's going after the three little pigs. <clears throat> and um, it's just it was an opportunity to have more community members participating in the show. You got another wolf, right. you got all the pigs. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
I blanked out in that scene. I forgot the words. I looked at my daughter dead eyed and I had nothing. I had nothing. I don't know what happened. I went away. I came back and we had moved on and I had not. (laughs) I looked at my daughter and she picked up right from where I kind of left off, which was at the end near or very close to the end, which completely cut off the entrance of the other wolf and those other, the three little pigs, which were just, you know, some kiddos. And I completely cut their entrance off with my, with my little fumble there. I still feel bad about, feel bad about that. It was rough. All right. So, uh, question number four, what would you like to hear in a podcast about community theater? Uh, I would like to hear various levels of humor. Um, I would like to see or hear rather some courage in uh, discussing difficult topics that Mm. uh, come up within community theater. Um, I would like to, yeah, I would like to hear a lot of fun and I would also like to, you know, have a lot of uh, compassion and, and uh, forgiveness. Yeah. 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 Nice. All right. So last and final question. What is the most challenging character you've played? Well, it's the character that I'm working with right now. It's James from Circle Mirror Transformation, the yeah. the husband to this uh, new agey kind of unconventional healing, uh, very enthusiastic uh, Marty. And um, it's challenging because there's stuff that hits close to home, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that uh, there's a there's a relationship with his daughter. I am a father of a uh of a young woman who will be 20 this year. Oh, really? Is she and really 20? Jeez. Yeah, she'll be 20 in, wow. in, uh, in November. Who's a talent of her own, my dad. Right. Oh, a huge talent of her own, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, parenting is, is hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Mm. And as our children get older and uh, assert their independence, um, that can go a few different ways. So there's that there's that piece of challenging relationships with with your children. You know, James is uh, not as much dialogue as some of the other cast members. So it's how do I express and really give you a, a window into this guy's soul in the in the words and the dialogue that I do have. Yeah. And in my, in, you know, in your, in your mannerisms, in the way that you are physically appearing on stage, the way that you react, uh, the attention that you give, the intention that you hold. And, you know, quite frankly, this is the first production that I've been involved in since COVID. So right. coming out on the other side of a period of time where many, I'll speak for myself, I was very isolated and, and continue to be, you know, quite a bit more isolated than I I was. And, uh, and also taking into consideration that I spend the most amount of time with my two-year-old son and how, how to be with adults again. (laughs) 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 You know, like James Spader on the office, like, how do you feel about the street? 
Sesame, right. Sesame Street, I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> is that, is that yes. Muppets in the Barrio? Yes. yes. That's, that's Muppets in the Barrio. So, you know, just trying to get my feet back under me mm. and uh, taking into consideration the the context and the and the uh, the criticism that I'm getting from our director. So yeah, this this one that I'm that I'm doing right now is is uh, it's a doozy. Yeah, I I look forward to seeing it. Thank you. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing Circle Mara Transformation coming up on June sixteenth at the Norway Grange. That's in Norway. Yeah. Hence, put all, hence put the on, Norway Grange. Part. Right. That's why they call it Norway yeah. Yeah. Grange because it's in Norway. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get your tickets soon at the Tribune on Main Street in Norway. Look them up on Facebook. Look up OMPA, Oxford Hills Music and Performing Arts Association on Facebook as well. And you'll see uh, more uh, advertisements and such about Circle Mara Transformation as well as their future. Um, speaking of Oompa's future, Dan, uh, I, I feel like we should ask you, uh, where do you see yourself going with community theater here in the near future or future, future? So, you know, as a as a parent and as somebody who I try to be careful about the ways in which I sacrifice my time. Um, and then that's mm. about being mindful about my relationships and the needs of others. Um so, you know, it's going to depend upon what's coming down the pike as far as what, right. what plays are being done, what musicals are being done. Um, can I safely sacrifice the time? Like, how are things, uh, you know, and, and, you know, my wife, Jen Rennie, is, is also a very strong performer herself, a very strong singer and, and yeah, actress. She, she was right. in Paper Maker with me. Um, and so I, I have to be mindful of making sure that she has, you know, if she decides that she wants to do a show, well, then she's going to do it and I'm not going to. And I think that that's okay. You know, my, my priority sure. is, is yeah. uh, making sure that she can have her creative outlet and that um, my son Henry is, uh, you know, getting the care that, that uh, he deserves. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, I got, I got to tell you. Um, I look forward to a future where uh, we share the stage again together because uh, I think that'll that, happen. That, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I sure it will. That. I'm sure it will. And it's always a wonderful time when we do that. I think people appreciate that when we do that. Absolutely. I know I do. We, we enjoy being on stage together and I think it shows. I think it comes through. Yeah. I yeah. think that that's testament to our relationship. Right. Well, it's funny. I was going to pitch grumpy old men for next next year. So you, know, that, you guys would be perfect for it. Interestingly enough, for anybody out there who'd like to direct a show, I have wanted for quite some time to do The Odd Couple with Dan. I There's think that would be a lot of fun. Grumpy old men, with, yeah. which was probably The Odd Couple as older men. And if it's a few years down the road, we'll definitely be there. <laughs> Well, Oscar, <laughs> I, I have a, I have a funny story about the old men, uh, grumpy old men, but uh, I'll mm. save it for another time. All right. You save it for another time. Well, Dan, we appreciate you coming on. Thank oh, you for thank being, you, you know, vulnerable and willing to answer our questions. Mm. And Aaron killed it. Thanks for all your questions. Um, yeah. Scott, thank you were wonderful. Well, as Scott. Well. Thank you. And thanks. Yeah, Scott, <laughs> Scott was here. <laughs> Well, that was that oh, was my right. segue. Oh, so yeah. thanks again to our 
Executive producer? We, well, we have to check in with our executive producer oh, to right. tell us the score. Right. Because we forgot the score of the game. Who's getting the impression? The winner of the game with 29 points drum roll, is... Please. Drum roll, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get around eventually. One day I'll, get, I'll download a, a drum roll, actually. It is... Dan Rennie. I am shocked. I I am totally shocked. (laughs) I mean, oh, wonderful. (laughs) Dan, you and your very own impression. I can't wait to find out what that means. Uh, That that means that you need to give us your best impression of. You guessed it. Dan Rennie. (laughs) Oh, no. A a good impression is. Somewhat of a characterization of the the person that you're trying to impress. So, impress, impress. I, I, impersonate, impersonate. Sorry. Well, you know, as a man, I take myself very seriously, mm. and uh, I have uh, this 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 face of mine. Uh, let's just call it what it is. I have a fantastic resting bitch face, <laughs> and and uh, I take it with me and wear it wherever I go and do my best not to betray all the emotions that I have going on in my body at the time. And, uh, I usually don't get away with that. So, um, people know when I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. I was wondering what that was. I just thought maybe you had, you know, irritable bowel syndrome every time you saw me. (laughs) Yes. IBS. Good old IBS. (laughs) Well, from the studios of the Backstairs podcast, that has been Dan Rennie. This has been John. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Scott. And you're going to come check us out on Facebook. And check us out on Instagram. Instagram. Send us an email with your suggestions for shows or uh, if you'd like to get together with us and and, uh, pitch shows. Or or complaints. Or or complaints. complaints. That's that's very tough. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. That email is... The backstair, the backstairs podcast, pod, pod, the, no, podcast. The, backst- the backstairs podcast, at- the backstairs. Go ahead, the backstairs Janelle. podcast at gmail.com. Oh, thank God we have an executive oh, producer. That's Jeez. right, that's what she's there for. Thanks and good night, folks. The backstairs podcast, the backstairs podcast, the backstairs podcast, the backstairs podcast. the backstairs podcast you can find us on instagram at the backstairs podcast on facebook at the backstairs podcast send us an email at the backstairs podcast at gmail.com redacted redacted